and we are back. Um, <clears throat> continuing kind of in, uh, in looking at all of these things, is there anything uh, more that you'd like to expand upon on what we've talked about? Um, I, I think just the mindfulness piece, which we can certainly talk about more, but I think that would probably help quite a bit. Um, I've also been listening to Brene Brown's, um, I think it's Dare to Lead. She has so many books. Um, she writes a lot of books, but she talks about, right, and in probably all of them or most of them, she talks about shame. And so it'd also be... I would also challenge people to look at if that's a driver um, of the behavior as well to prove, yeah, Dare to Lead is the book I've been listening to. Um, to I'll, I'll link all the books we've mentioned in the show notes. Yes. You're so good at that. Um, I am not. But that's okay. We accept ourselves as we are. Um, and I she also was talking about right being clear rumbling um meaning like having honest conversations with people um and so you might need to rumble with yourself you might need to um check in about is shame a part of this is is guilt a part of this right maybe you don't really feel like you're you're a bad person but maybe you feel like you got oh I, I took five minutes and I was on Instagram or TikTok and so now I gotta be like extra productive at work and so you feel like you got you were in our house we call it being naughty not being bad um, but you were naughty and so now you have to like kind of make up for it gotcha. so you can kind of piggyback into um, what we've already talked about do you would you say that is a place where like being mindful of the language you're using would be useful because I have totally um, in the last 24 hours done something and went oh I was bad I did this and, and instead of something productive or reaching towards a goal so do you think that that using language like that is something to try to phase out I, I think in general that's language that's probably a good thing to work on sort of phasing out or kind of reframing is not a reflection of necessarily you but possibly more just the behavior right we all have things that we wish we didn't do from time to time but that's not our general person um but going back to the language and the lazy question right certainly don't be called oh i was just being lazy oh i was having a lazy day um Versus I was taking a rest because I was recuperating. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. Makes me think of the idea of redeeming language, um, which is, is kind of a twofold thing, right? Redeeming speaking well, redeeming the the way that you talk, but also redeeming particular words. I wonder if there are words like lazy, sloth, I mean, maybe less sloth, but, but lazy or productivity, um, 
where they have taken on these meanings that are more harmful and are, are used in a more proper way, if you will. Um, so little that using them at all can just kind of indicate these poor images in our mind or in our behavior. Um, I mean, I think lazy and that kind of the myth of it certainly has. Um, I think busy can as well. Um, I'm hopeful that people saying they're resting or it's not like that. Um, some people use that well, but I'm sure there are probably others that are rest washing. <laughs> uh, or it's more of uh, when they say it towards others, it, there's a judgmental tone. Like, oh, you were resting. That's what we call it now, not being lazy, no good. a lot of things to, to consider. I mean, we covered quite a bit of ground in the episode thus far. <laughs> I do want to shift it to church and to Christianity more uh, focused for a moment since this is a theological podcast. When, um, when you have interacted with members of the church or people in different religions, do you witness or observe things? I mean, if, if it's here in America, which is your primary or a primary experience, um, I suppose that this question sounds silly because it's the American culture in part in those places. Um, so I guess let me rephrase the question in my mind. Um, when you step into a church or a house of worship, or you are working with a group that is very vocal about being Christian, do you observe these things manifesting in a particular way? Um, yes, certainly so. Um, I think for those that attend churches, you, if you've been a member or a longstanding attendee, you probably know of that one person that seems to do all of the things or oh, you have this problem, call Sam, call Frank, call Josie. Um, you know, they're, they're the kind of identified go-to. They'll fix all the things, even if they don't work for the church. Mm. Um, they are just maybe the community doer. Um, or there's that person that you know, is kind of on every committee or seems to be running, especially um, near where I live. Not quite near where I live, um, but like within an hour of my house, there are several. There's an area that's very rural and it's a kind of a dying part of our state. Um, and so there are a lot of dying churches and there are those that probably are working themselves too hard. Um, because even though the church is down to maybe like 15, 20 people, they're, they're still expecting it to do all these things. And the only way that's going to happen is if they do it and they're not really caring for themselves. 
Um, and so again, is, is the quality of the activity as good? Maybe, but is their soul in the right spot? Are they becoming bitter towards others for not helping or participating? Are they taking too much ownership of it when it's supposed to be a church event, but really it's, it's Samantha's youth group. It's Samantha's fundraiser. It's Samantha's event really in most people's mind. Um, and are they being snippier or colder or more short with other people because they were putting too much on their plate to do at the church and for the church, but we're missing a lot of those like beatitudes. We're not, we're missing on the, the joy and the peace and all of that goodness that we're promised. Like that's the actual goodness that we're promised. Not that like will be simple and easy, but that's, that's more your territory than mine. Um, <laughs> and, and then right in mental health, we talk about, we talk about the biopsychosocial. So the mind and the body all in the social environment, they all interplay. And so I also wonder about their physical health and are they physically wearing themselves down because they are being so productive, so busy with the church and not giving themselves space for rest. Gotcha. There is um, a term in missiology, which is the the study of, of mission and, and outreach of the church. And um, it's this idea of hero missionaries, Mm. And it can often be attributed to right, the pastor that does all the things for the community, but the church is less involved, but they claim the good work that the pastor is doing in community. Because he is their pastor. Uh, or there's that one person in the church who is the, the hero missionary because they are out in the community doing the stuff at the infant um, pantry or the um, you know, clothing center or whatever it may be and in part that is kind of this, this weird phenomenon that has arisen where if someone is doing it the whole community clearly is connected I wonder in part if it isn't also bought into this toxic productivity in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Um, I can certainly see that. And right again, you're having this community that's reinforcing all of that work that you're doing. Oh, you always do such a nice job. Oh, what will we do without you in this situation? Um, I also think of one church that I attended for a period of time. There was a staff member and the nickname <laughs> was that, you know, I'm not going to say the person's name, but it was St. Joe because they did all the things and they were always the go-to. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's going to be really hard to like say no to those things. Or if you avoid confrontation, it's going to be hard for you to be like, I don't want to do this anymore or somebody else needs to step up. 
Um, again, there may be, right, we, as I said previously, sometimes we're busy because we want to feel important and like we're indispensable. And so we may also see that in the church, right? I can't step down or this isn't going to continue. It's just going to die. And I can't let this ministry die because of all the good work, not realizing that everything has a cycle and just like life. Sometimes those programs are also going to have a death and an ending. Um, And that doesn't mean you failed. It just means that it was its time to move along. Yeah, it could also just be a sign that it is time to reimagine what you understand that Hmm. outreach or the church or your mission can be or ought to be or needs to be in this time of life. Mm. There are times where there are churches, even with hundreds of members, where people aren't involved and you have that um, that same, same moment where you have the saints or you have the people that are just doing so much and groups of people who aren't doing anything. Um, but the the, the problem is that the systems aren't designed for including all of those people. Certainly, right? A number of them are run possibly by women that are thinking of like a women's group specifically by women or I guess a men's, you know, Bible study or something run by like retirees or those not working. And so it cuts off those that may want to participate, but do have kind of regular nine to fives um, or those with kids, you know, they may have limited opportunity to engage. And so we just don't make any space for them because it would take too much quote unquote too much effort to set the environment up to include them. Absolutely. You highlighted one of my irritations with most churches everywhere. <laughs> um Maybe not that broad, I shouldn't blanket statement, but many churches that I've attended or that are in um, my area, they have the morning men's group and the midday women's group. And so I've I've been invited, for instance, uh, recently I was reminded that there's a men's group that meets starting at 9 a.m. and is over by 11 a.m. And it's just not one that I can attend, despite being invited numerous times, because it does not fit within my availability. But reimagining that ministry would not work. Or my wife um, had shown interest in the past in a women's group, but they only met on Thursday at one o'clock. And my wife works your normal uh, like nine to five range. Midday is not really in the picture in the middle of the week. So it's, it's interesting that right. kind of with the, the productivity culture, it's tied in part to what was available in the past or what was a thing in the past. And now think about possibly your wife you know, if she lived and worked close by, theoretically, she could maybe take time off 
but the PTO policy is probably so awful that that's not even like a consideration because a number of people, right, we're supposed to be so productive and the work is so important that people only get two weeks off for vacation and sick time. And so you got to be very, very selective about what you do with that if you have sort of that typical, really awful leave policy that a number of places have in our country. Gotcha. Yeah. That's a good point. Um. I guess from your perspective, dear pondering theologian, what would you like to see different or how would you like to see this kind of addressed in churches from different leaders whether that is the actual paid leadership staff or those are the members that kind of rise to leadership naturally because god's given them those gifts i think i think so things that come to mind first and foremost is the idea of numbers um, and numbers take many forms um, one of the things that is talked about the most is the number of people attending whether that be your children's program your Sunday service your Tuesday nights uh, Bible study um, whatever it may be the numbers are important um, and certainly I think numbers of attending people is something to be aware of but this idea that we have to have more and more and more people for us to be a good church is right tying into that idea of being productive productive right we're only productive if we can show that we have people coming in similarly the number of programs there are churches that have lots of programs but not all of them are done very well. Um, and that's not to say there aren't churches that have, you know, four or five things happening every day that, that are done poorly. It's, it's more right the reality that when you are more focused on the volume, the number, <clears throat> you, you get kind of caught into that loop. So backing up a little bit and focusing more on Right. the quality of what it is. If you're, if, if you are investing time into the people within your church or your community of faith to help them understand what the mission of the church is, the calling of a Christian is, the, the duties, so to speak, you're, you're naturally going to see the community grow because they will understand they will feel the need to go out and do this or that if you are struggling with a bible study not having as as many people perhaps stepping back and looking at what are, are we doing are we simply um, reading joel Goldstein's you know, top five tips and, and going through it um, if you're you've listened for a while I, I don't like Joel Osteen so I will rip on him probably a little too much um, but but spending more time on the quality of the Bible study I've been in two churches that I can recall 
Bible study or in a group setting, and the content of the Bible study was not appropriate for the cognitive ability of an adult, um, but it also just did not expand beyond your normal Bible story, like basic Bible stories, like Jonah and the whale, David and Goliath, um, Moses, uh, Joseph. Like we didn't, we didn't go beyond the top ten kind of greatest hits, so to speak. <laughs> not that they're the greatest hits, but we did very popular topics. We we hit the the popular things, but we didn't go into more depth. And so when I sat down with Someone else later on, after having a couple sermons that I gave, where I explored the history of the context of Israel or around exile or these other things, and expanded on that, uh, they were just kind of blown away because that had not been something that they had experienced in any of these Bible studies that they had been a part of when they were seventy-six. Well, and that makes me think of one that I've been a part of where. Um... You can tell sometimes that there's no prep work that we can check off that we had this thing done. We were busy. We We weren't productive. And I think that's the difference in my mind. Busy is doing things. Again, like I said earlier, productive is production. It's what do you produce? Um, And so if you just open your Bible to a random page, read a section or maybe you only really have the capacity for one, but you're leading two. So you're, you're one group that you do on Tuesday, you talk about a topic, and then you've regurgitated on Sunday for a different group of people. It feels like we're, we're half doing it. It's, so the, the thought that came to mind, right, is when you're just using, again, the top 10, the biggest hits, you're basically just cheating off of the popular kids oh kind of um because you're you're not exploring your faith you're not exploring what what this is and to to go back to your question that is something that i i would like to see different in the church and that bothers me because it is more about that busyness or a toxic productivity than actually investing the time to make them good. And this is where I think those, that fear, that shame, that self-doubt, whatever might be getting in the way of us being able to say, I can't do this right now. I don't have the capacity for all of these things. And so I'm going to put my time, my energy into this one or two to make it the best that I can. Um, You know, again, it's great that you can check all the things that you do during the week, but what are people leaving with? Right. Isn't uh, to, to continue with that idea, right, of, of, of shame or... Yeah, we'll, we'll say shame. Uh, someone in my family uh, this week, they, they already had two Bible studies that they worked in leadership for. Um, but they had gone to the church another day that there's a different Bible study to do something. And someone had gone, oh, good, you're coming to Bible study. And um, because it was presented to them that way, they 
said, well, I guess I'm going to Bible study. And they went to another Bible study. Did, did they just participate or they, they sat down? Because they lead those other two. I, I don't, I don't know. Okay. Um, but it, it's, there are someone who would come in and participate at a high level, though. So it's probably whether they took over or participated um, or just sat and listened. It's still that idea of, well, it's a Bible study. I've been seen. I have to go. Instead of explaining and feeling comfortable saying that wasn't part of my agenda or I don't have that, I I have other things that I need to do. You feel like you have to prove that you're good enough or you're doing all the things. Yeah. Yeah. So that is, that, that, and that's, that is something that I have seen when I was on staff at churches or um, just attending churches. Though, that That is not always something that people are comfortable with. Absolutely. Right? Even in the workspace, it's not going to be comfortable to say to your boss, I don't think I have the capacity for that project right now. Or I don't think I have the time to do all of the tasks that you want me to do today. Um, but I think we also see that in leadership and I hope we see it in the leadership of my work and in leadership in churches where also the leaders aren't modeling that. And so people don't feel comfortable having that. My boss, great boss, openly admits that she's struggle busing with it. Um, but I know other people that I supervise have made comments about they appreciate seeing me when I'm done I'm done like 95% of the time when I'm done with that job I'm done with that job and so at least they know that it's not just talk when I say like take your rest take your break we want you to take care of yourself and my boss certainly wants us to take care of herself she's just not doing it for herself and I think the church struggles with that too thinking of that family member, right? Are they going to advocate for other people to take care of themselves when they are not taking care of themselves? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all, that's another thing that needs to change. And there are wonderful people like my colleagues in, uh, that are going through seminary with me, as well as, as people that I know out in the ministry field now who are proactively fighting against um, this idea of busyness for the, the pastor or for the ministry team but it is still it is still something that is, is too prevalent and is celebrated again by congregations because they believe that the busy pastor is the productive pastor is the good and faithful servant. Right. And, and yet um, we see Elijah takes a break. Like, Elijah takes a nap. Yeah, Elijah takes a nap. Um, it's, it's, yeah. I feel a little flustered thinking about it because it is, it is something that I have actively had to fight against. As, as someone going through an ordination process and through seminary and, and not just against parishioners but against people in leadership 
um, parallel, lateral. It, it's it's a it's a constant fight. And even in my seminary, we have the the textbook and the class that says take your rest. But then the instructors take sabbaticals to write books because that's part of what they have to do for tenure or for uh, having the material that they need because they don't have a, a book to reach whatever end it may be or, you know, the, it, so the, there's this toxic productivity even seeped in all areas of Christian ministry. Right, and ideally that sabbatical would be a time for them to do something creative. So maybe write that book because that's what they want to do. That feels exciting and empowering and it brings joy, even though that sounds like at times it's not going to be joyful. But it would be a, you know, it's something they want, not something they have to do. Yes. Um, we're going to take another break. We will be back to explore this more in a moment. 